0: Do you think it could be some new kind of, like, bee COVID?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I fucked a bee, and that's how it spreads, right?
0: The, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how it spreads. That's how uh, King George V died. Fucked a bee, died. <laughs> can, I, can I level with you? I miss him. I, who doesn't, you know? Who doesn't? Welcome,
1: everyone, to the Normal Friends podcast. where a companion podcast with the Super Friends. So we encourage you to watch Super Friends, the 1970s show about Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and some kids and a dog. Yeah. Uh, Because without it, this show won't make any sense.
0: Yeah, we'll just be talking about uh, some shit with white dwarves, and you'll think, hey, that's weird.
1: More than that, you will think, these two men are insane.
0: And maybe we are for
1: attempting this. Here's my question: Is love insane? Is love insane?
0: I would argue it's the only sane thing there is.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. You. I'm with you there, Michael. I think the that's the only thing that makes sense anymore. So, next, before you call us insane, think about
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Think. Maybe take a long look in the mirror, and consider your own sanity. You know. Uh. Secure your glass house before throwing stones at us Hey, old man, take a look at my life I'm a lot like you were,
1: you know? Yeah, that's right Today, alright, so (laughs) Do we just start off these episodes by yelling at anyone? I I, I think Scolding anyone who might be listening to this I think
0: the first rule of podcasting is Immediately antagonize your audience
1: Yeah they love that. They love it. Today's uh, episode was a, an insane romp uh, through us, a whole bunch of stuff. You know, they say uh, white dwarves are uh, unique because of their, the density of the star. And just like the white dwarves, this episode was dense with uh, dumb things.
0: It, it was, this is this is a great episode of, you know, going back to the idea of wanting to have some educational elements. But also, once they've established those educational elements, ignoring them. Yes. And making shit up. Failing uh,
1: quite spectacularly in uh, informing people of the way the world works. So, Michael, I'm going to let you kick off the uh the overview of what this uh what this episode
0: was about it would be my pleasure i doubt that so the uh super friends investigate disappearing items which include a train engine an abandoned building that someone seemed to be tearing down and most notable of all wendy marvin and wonder dog's tandem bicycle. So, Wendy and Marvin of Wonder Dog go back to the Hall of Justice League to talk to the Wonder Friends who are already being told about this. And then, before long, we realize that the person flying the red spacecraft that is making these things disappear is none other than Superman's arch-enemy who we've never heard of, the Raven.
1: No, no, no. Just Raven.
0: Yeah, I apologize. Raven. It should be the Raven, but it Raven. <laughs> Presumably Raven Simone. Uh, um, so Raven's whole deal is that he values science over human life. And they figure out somehow that he is using a white dwarf to make these things disappear. Or a piece of a white dwarf star. Which is a thing that happens in comic books. Like, uh, the the superhero, the Atom, uses a fragment of a white dwarf star to grow and shrink. I wasn't aware that you could just, like, take a piece of a star and use it.
1: Aren't stars um, just a ball of combustion?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know why,
1: um, why that
0: would happen. And it turns out that Raven's convoluted plan is to steal stuff and then somehow leverage that into getting kryptonite from this hillbilly family, the martingales. I don't know why he doesn't just try to steal their kryptonite. He's stealing whole buildings. Or kill them. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a weird line on, on how he interacts with the martingales. Uh, But in order to get the Washington Monument back, Superman is willing to trade the kryptonite for the Washington Monument, but uh, Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog were in the monument when Raven took it, so they are present for, they are Superman's lawyers when Raven decides to put Superman on trial. All of this is nuts. This episode has everything in it. It has aliens.
1: Or some kind of alien activity. Yeah. It has hillbillies.
0: It has gravity mushrooms. Ma- magic
1: gravity mushrooms. It has supermax prisons. It has the White House.
0: What more could you want?
1: I know that last week we said this felt like they were um, cramming multiple story possibilities together this feels even more aggressive this feels like it's it was intentional almost like sabotage
0: yeah i think the people who make who were making super friends were like hey we have to dedicate 20 30 minutes a week to these episodes it's too much let's get ourselves canceled by just putting the most insane shit in these episodes. We've bitten off more than we
1: can chew. Let's break our contract. But what they didn't realize was that no one was watching.
0: Yeah. No Yeah. No one with the power to cancel, I think, even realized the show was being made. Yeah. I think, at least for this first season, the existence of Super Friends is just a clerical error. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was a great overview. Um, this episode has kryptonite. This episode is the first appearance of kryptonite. I forgot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first, outside of the Super Friends themselves, the first real reference to any other comic book stuff. Yeah.
1: So, um, all right. So let's break let's break down some some points. The first one that I want to point out is that a couple of episodes, Superman referred to Wonder Dog as simply Wonder. That's yeah. gone. Uh, they yes. he he tried it. He didn't like it, and uh, now no one's calling Wonder Dog Wonder anymore. He's back to being Wonder Dog.
0: How do you think Wonder Dog feels about that?
1: He's very sad, probably.
0: Yeah, I think he liked being called Wonder. Yeah. Or he didn't know, because he's a dog. He's a dog, and he does not understand human language.
1: So, as you said, things are, uh, things are being abducted. Uh, namely, and, and Marvin's bike... And there's a part in the beginning when they... Was it his... Yeah, his tandem bike. And um, they go... <laughs> And interrupt them in the middle of a of this briefing. And he goes, things are being abducted. And then Marvin goes, oh, I have to tell you about this thing. And they immediately say, not now, Marvin.
0: Yeah, shut up, Marvin. We're clearly in the middle of something. We are adults in the middle of business. We do not care about your dumb tandem bike.
1: <laughs> and then they said, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, things are abducted. And then... He goes, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then their response is, okay. And I liked that moment because it was a clear indicator that, um, you know, sometimes Marvin is trying to interrupt them because he has important news. Because, uh, he's saying, Hey, uh, here's this key, key information that's going to make everything make sense. And sure. sometimes they say, No, we don't want to hear this. Uh, because you're going to just waste our time. Yeah. But other times, it is evidence, evident that he is just wasting their time. And I think this is one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because he's giving them information they already have. Yeah. They already
1: have this information and his presence is just a nuisance. I, I do like, I do like that they didn't try to make this vital information just, uh, clearly a, um, Negative negativity towards Marvin.
0: Yeah. The, the tone of this briefing is too casual. Colonel Wilcox yeah. lays this out, and then he just goes, something to think about, eh? Any <coughs> snap judgments? Like, they don't seem alarmed by any of this. It's just like, isn't this weird? Well, all right, then. I'm going to go get hammered. <laughs> well, what could they do, really? Yeah. They're only the most powerful beings in existence. What yeah. what can they do about a plot that's, I mean, at least on the surface, pretty similar to one they've already faced?
1: Basically, these episodes have been waffling between, is it a mad scientist or an alien? This is the first episode where it is a... um mad scientist
0: impersonating an alien essentially maybe i do you think he's impersonating an alien or just you know being a sky villain
1: i guess because they refer to it as a flying saucer in my mind it was a they he was impersonating an alien but maybe not maybe flying saucer could
0: also be born of earth well, they do call it a spacecraft, which is interesting because, as far as I can remember, at no point does it go into space.
1: Yeah, it's just an aircraft. It is,
0: it's an aircraft, yeah. I think he's overselling it. And we'll get to that because he seems very much interested in the validation of others. <laughs> Raven does.
1: Uh, so are, they're interrupted, correct, by a
0: water emergency? Yeah, well, before that, they talk about how a white dwarf is responsible, which doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, they they say, I mean... they, They jump
1: to that immediately. Immediately, Superman goes, must be a white dwarf, as though everyone knows what he's talking about. And clearly they do not.
0: And well, it seems like uh, they expected Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog to not know because Aquaman had a PowerPoint presentation at the ready to talk yeah, about he, white dwarfs. He, th- this is something they
1: talk about all the time. They just don't share it with their uh, subordinates, apparently. And what that is is that a white dwarf is a star that becomes. I'm yawning already. It becomes so dense that it collapses on itself. And if you take a piece of that collapsed ball of fusion,
0: you can do magic. You can do magic. You can make things fly. You can make them disappear. It's pretty incredible. Uh. Uh. Yeah. I. Oh. Oh, please.
1: No, no. Go on.
0: I was just going to say, I really like how they incorporate slideshows through the rest of the episode.
1: Yeah, the, the slideshow's become a very important part of this. So um, they go to some location to uh, where I think they discover a couple, a collection of things that had been abducted. Yes, and and um, we get probably the most um, unnecessary and uh, stupid dog charade scene.
0: It, uh, it it this one i genuinely thought that someone who was writing this like received a brain injury while it was happening cuz i could not understand how they would think okay so he can't get anyone's attention about this balloon so he's going to cover himself in snow <laughs> and walk toward them
1: Uh, Yeah, so what Michael is describing is that uh, a balloon starts to antagonize Wonder Dog. No one believes that this is happening to Wonder Dog. And so he finds some snow, puts it on his body, and walks past them so that they think he is the abominable snowman. Yes. And they do. They say, oh, look, it's the Abominable Snowman.
0: And they're pretty cool about it, too. They're not alarmed. They're just like, oh, here comes an Abominable Snowman. There, yeah, there he is. Which, did, did people, when you were a kid,
1: did you think the Abominable Snowman was literally a, did you know it was a Yeti, or did you yeah. think it was just an, a sentient snowman?
0: No, I thought it was a, a basically, uh, like an Arctic. Frosty Bigfoot. Yeah, frosty Bigfoot. Bigfoot. That's yeah. that's all it is. Arctic Bigfoot. It is yeah. basically the same kind of creature but for a snowy environment. Yeah. Like a like a bear. Not frosty the snowman. What they think they saw is really a, a frosty situation, not an abominable snowman.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know, I maybe there are some kids out there who are kind of you know, slow. Um, I don't, you know, not to disparage these children, but, you know, they are dumb.
0: There are different interpretations of these classic characters, you know? Yeah. Adam West Batman, Michael Keaton Batman, Robert Pattinson Batman. Those are all valid interpretations of Batman. But one thing I will not cotton to, if you are adapting Batman, is... Making him ignorant of cryptozoology. My Batman is always going to be a cryptozoology expert. Yeah, and precisely. To make him look foolish like this yeah, undermines the character entirely. Yeah. And by extension, the I, entire I, Justice League.
1: Yeah. I, I would say shame. Um, shame on those writers and animators for doing that. Yeah. So. Unforgivable. They... They notice uh, a small abominable snowman and somehow they manage to pop this balloon. Within this balloon is a communicator ring that has a picture of a skull with sunglasses. (laughs) Sunglasses. (laughs) As we all know. I'm just like... What I love about Raven is that so he's so, he's so taken on the identity of Raven that he's not even called the Raven. They just call him Raven as though it's his first name and they are on a first name basis with him. But for, furthermore, he has decided to have multiple themes instead of just being like a Raven, which he is. Uh, he has a cape that looks like wings and stuff. Yeah. He's decided to also have an emblem of a skull with sunglasses. So. Kudos to him for um having it all, you know.
0: Yeah, that's what's crazy. Other than the wings on his costume, nothing is Raven themed. He's not even wearing black as you would expect someone named Raven to wear. The only
1: thing I can think of is maybe it's Edgar Allan Poe, a like a
0: skull, famously basically. a skull and sunglasses.
1: Well, I mean, maybe it's like... I don't know. But uh, this is Raven's Insignia. And, uh, you know, we all... Everyone knows it. And um, they are they marvel at this communicator ring technology.
0: I actually... Just really quickly. I, I'm actually going to, in a, in a rare moment here, uh, compliment a visual that happens. So, um, I have the... I have it up on my screen here. I'm sort of scrubbing through. Um, Around seven minutes and 40 some odd seconds, there's a transition from Batman holding up the ring out, you know, where they found all the missing stuff, to Superman holding the ring. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And it's actually a really cool, sort of seamless transition from one to the other.
1: I made the same note. I was like,
0: oh, what a
1: that was kind of creative.
0: To the point where I assume whoever was responsible for that was immediately fired.
1: Yeah. They were like, You spent more than seven minutes trying to come up with something, uh get it get out of here. That is not the spirit of this show. That, that is not what we're doing here. Uh, but yeah, they take the communicator ring back, which again, they have this technology. They have used communicator rings in the past and they expect us to forget about it. I'm not for, I will not forget about it, but they all know what, uh, who this is. It's Raven. And, um, they, they, do they tell the story of Raven?
0: Yeah, they do. They show, they show his trial and I'm just, just looking at it right now. Raven essentially looks like, Paul Schaefer. Yeah. And his role as band leader on Letterman. He's got the sunglasses. He's bald. He's wearing a weird outfit. It's Paul Schaefer. But
1: also, Paul Schaefer essentially looks like a mad scientist.
0: Yes. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I imagine, I imagine over the course of this series, we'll see a lot of villains who essentially just look like Paul Schaefer.
1: Yeah. And so,
0: but that we established the
1: key points of the story of raven is that he did something he conducted an experiment that nearly killed all of the earth and he did it because science was the most important thing yeah which that is um that you know we talk about the current day being anti-science but there seems to be a lot of assumptions that there are scientists who just want to kill everyone yeah uh, in the name of science which Doesn't quite check out because I don't, I mean, I don't know of any scientists who just want to be like, is, I, I, you know what? I'll say this. I bet back when they're, when the nuclear threat was just starting, they were probably thinking like, oh no, what if a scientist got a hold of this kind of power and just, you know, was curious about it and they do something and there's an explosion, uh, that would be scary. Yeah, But I I, no, I wasn't there. I I don't remember what World War II was like. I don't think it's as big a problem as they think it is. Scientists who want to kill everyone in the name of science.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I can name one scientist who appears to want to do just that. And his name is Raven.
1: Yeah. And um, furthermore, most importantly, he has a personal vendetta against Superman. Because... With no specifics, he thinks this was Superman's, something was Superman's fault. The fact that he went to prison.
0: Yeah, Superman apprehended. Superman basically did basic superhero stuff. He stopped a mad scientist from destroying the world. Which, you know, I gotta think, if you're getting into the mad science game, you can't take that seriously, you can't take that personally. It's just, that's the cost of doing business as a mad scientist.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, he's so smart, but... But he can't see us right in front of his face, you know?
0: Yeah. Isn't it always the way with those mad scientists? So they go to
1: visit him, correct?
0: Yes, they they go to the prison that was built specifically for him. He appears to be the only prisoner there. Uh, As we find out, they go and uh, the warden's like, No, he's there. It's fine. Turns out Raven has replaced himself with a robot version. And if you're a warden of a prison with only one prisoner, and that prisoner escapes, that looks pretty bad for you. He has a 100% failure rate. It is, and he's got a massive desk. He he does. He has a big big office, and
1: there's a whole staff of people just dedicated to
0: watching this one dude. Also, there's nothing on the warden's desk. He's not working on anything. I mean, what does he have to work on? He's just hanging out while Raven is in a plexiglass cell hundreds of feet underground. For some reason, while they are in there, Raven decides to steal the prison. You know, to appease the, the hillbillies. The, there is no pattern or reason behind the things <laughs> Raven decides to steal. And maybe it's because Superman and Wonder Woman are inside that he does this. Except he also tries to escape them. So it really makes no sense. Because all he's doing is saying, hey, I'm nearby. So he takes off with the prison. Superman and Wonder Woman come outside and chase after him. He temporarily blinds Superman, which allows him to escape. And then, back at the Hall of the Justice League, Superman gives another PowerPoint presentation on site. And then they talk about something that Raven must be doing that they hadn't really hinted at before and don't really explain much afterward. That he is somehow using anti photons to make things invisible. Which is separate from using the white dwarf matter to levitate things.
1: <laughs> you know, Michael, anti photons—the things that cancel out photons. Exactly. Is that darkness? Is that just darkness? Yeah. Um. That was a bold move to, cause this Raven, ra- 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 Raven, um, he, so he's got a lot of capabilities because. He's using this white dwarf, the piece of a white dwarf star or something, to yeah. abduct, abduct things rather than just using cables or air or magnets. But also, he has the capability of create uh, his anti-photon technology. And also, he, uh, much like several of our other uh, previous bad uh, villains... He's able to create a perfect robot of himself.
0: Yep. He, he's got Using lots what? of
1: different stuff.
0: <laughs> like, you know, how... Prisons, prison Prisons? He was stuff. in an empty plexiglass prison cell and he's able to build a robot replica of himself and escape.
1: Michael, he's just that smart.
0: The level of this warden's incompetence is shocking.
1: Smart people can create matter if they really believe.
0: Yeah. That's, that's all science really out. is. You believe hard enough, you can make anything.
1: At the end of the day, science is just creating and destroying matter, really.
0: That's all it is. That's all it's ever
1: been. So, um, they, they lose him, correct? And then they then that is when they get the sea emergency.
0: Yeah, they lose him and then Superman gives his anti-photon thing Correct. So yeah, then there's the issue with the submarine. So Batman and Robin take Aquaman and the Batcopter, and then moments later, Superman and Wonder Woman are also like, you know what? They're gonna need us too, so we're gonna go as well. Wendy and Marvin, you post these things on that wall over there. Was it the flight paths?
1: Yeah, just arrange them. Just post, put them up on the board that's what they asked. I one thing to point out is that in some media Superman flies as fast as a speeding bullet and uh in other media he flies even faster. He flies basically the um at as fast as the Flash. In this media we've in, uh, indicated that Superman flies as fast as a helicopter.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> because he just decides He's like, oh, well, they're going to take him. Instead of flying everyone else there, I'm just going to fly with the helicopter just to come along.
0: I, I think maybe they spend so much time, particularly in the early episodes, essentially dunking on the shittiness of the Batmobile. I think maybe at this point Superman feels bad shaming all of Batman's stuff. So he's like, yeah, I'm as your helicopter's as fast as me, Batman. Good job. Or or maybe it's not. I mean, well, I'm I'm
1: implying that because he is he decides to go along, but he's gonna he's just gonna let them give Aquaman a ride. He's, yeah, I guess he's just gonna fly alongside next to him. So maybe he could fly faster, but he just doesn't have any sense of urgency about this problem. I
0: think that must be what it is because in a previous episode, he flies into deep space like it's nothing.
1: Yeah. No, so he's he's just chilling, and uh, yeah. he's uh, just gonna hang out with them as they go rescue this uh, ship that's in mortal danger. He's just yeah. going to uh, hang along
0: next to him. But I think pretty pretty much everyone in this episode is too laid back. So Aquaman jumps out of the helicopter, uses Neptune's girdle, which I don't know if that is a real type of seaweed. Doesn't seem like it should be. And he and some uh, blue whales try to stop the submarine from flying away. And on the ship, this goes to everyone being just a little too casual about everything. As the, the submarine is flying into the air, a sailor asks if the depth reading is accurate. And the ca- captain responds, super relaxed. I don't know. Why? I think the captain is drunk. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I, I think this this ship was probably already going to be in serious danger because of that. And maybe the this was unrelated. The subduction situation's unrelated.
0: Yeah. Could Either it way. possibly be that maybe the captain isn't drunk, but uh, he has the bends and is now, I don't know. I don't know if the bends makes you go crazy, but maybe he's Somehow impaired by the bends. The the wait. So the bends happens
1: after you uh, come up to the surface, right?
0: Yeah. When you like when you ascend too quickly, right? Oh, you so get nitrogen things, in your yeah. blood. Yeah. And it looked like they probably ascended pretty fast. The bends—it's so weird because that it—it it sounds like it's a diarrhea thing, but um, <laughs> it does. Like it's diarrhea so bad you're like hunched over. You're, yeah, you're bent to, over. It's why it's called the bends.
1: Like the the bends sounds like something like a gross thing, like shingles or the clap or something like that. When actually it's sounds like a really sc- scary, fatal thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's he's got the bends. Anyway, so uh, while this is happening, Wendy and Marvin, Wendy complains. She says, why don't they ever let us be a part of the action? Despite the fact that they are the pivotal point of, they have have been the pivotal point of action for every instance since we started this. For every point, like every climactic point, they are squarely at the center of it. And, um, I don't know why she's complaining. Maybe because they're not asking them to do it, they just do it voluntarily.
0: Yeah. Wendy is just causing trouble here. And I think she's doing it on purpose.
1: Yeah. She's become, uh, anarchist. So, uh... Yes. They spot something and they decide to hop on their tandem bike again that they recovered? I think...
0: Yeah, they, they recovered, and they, they ride for hours, the narration says. <laughs> yeah, they go on a four-hour tandem, bi- <laughs> tandem
1: bike ride to a field in the middle of some southern state where we're introduced to a group of hillbillies, the Martingales. I was not expecting hillbillies at this point, but uh, no. here they are.
0: Friendly hillbillies, which, you know, you don't always expect, particularly like in the 70s, because this is the era of deliverance.
1: I mean, I I, I was kind of worried for uh, Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog for a while.
0: Yeah, but it seemed okay.
1: They tell the story of uh, a sky rock coming down and uh, creating a crater on his land. Which created a series of mushrooms.
0: In the pea patch.
1: Yeah, on his pea patch. Created a series of mushrooms. And, um... That is what Raven is after. He wants a skyrock.
0: And again, it is unclear why a man who is willing to endanger the entire world and steal whole buildings can't seem to get this kryptonite from three hillbillies.
1: Three, uh... I, by all means, I mean they they portrayed them as dumb as dumb people, and maybe that's the point. Maybe really hillbillies can be as crafty as I'm. I'm assuming Raven is a some progressive Seattle-based dude. Oh
0: sure, he's a coastal elite, absolutely.
1: And these are just salt of the pea patch.
0: These types. these are these are real Americans.
1: Hang, hanging around in there, in there, um, overalls and eating magic mushrooms from the ground. Anyway, so but
0: so Wendy and Marvin say, "Hey, Superman's are we're friends with the Super Friends? Give us the kryptonite, and we'll and we'll give us the 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 sky stone, and we'll figure out what it is because uh, you know Raven's after it. They offer." as far as I can tell, no proof that they are affiliated with the Justice League. No, they're children. It seems that Raven could have been like, oh yeah, uh, I'm pals with Superman, let me take a look at that, and just taken it.
1: Raven could have crafted robot, uh, uh replica robots to walk in there and just trick these sobillies,
0: Yeah, but he did none of that. So, uh, Wendy and Marvin, and Wonder Dog get back to the hall of the Justice League with what turns out to be kryptonite, and it quickly incapacitates Superman. And the narrator, uh, skipping over the slideshow portion of things, just gives a short history of Krypton and kryptonite, which is, I believe, the first even piece of an origin story we've gotten for any of the characters on this show.
1: it's just implied that we know what's going on with Superman.
0: Yeah. Um, So they they put the kryptonite in a lead box. Superman recovers and then tells everyone, gives a PowerPoint presentation about kryptonian mushrooms and their ability to affect gravity somehow.
1: You know, fungus is uh, magical, so...
0: Anything you need fungus to do, it can do it. Yeah. It's a real real narrative catch-all. It's versatile. Uh, Then Colonel Wilcox calls and says, hey, come talk to the National Strategy Council. But you, kids, stay here. You're still useless.
1: My favorite part of the National Strategy Council is uh, they're talking to them. They're like, well, what's going to get abducted next? The Senate building, the whatever, the White House. And it's only at the White House that Superman stands up in anger and says, no, we will not let anything else be abducted. Or wait, am I skipping? Yes, I'm skipping. I'm skipping because yeah. that happened right after the Washington Monument gets abducted with Wendy and Marvin in there. Yeah. My apologies.
0: I don't accept. So, yeah, the, the, the Death's Head Ring, which is the first time they've called it this, which is pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome name, Death's Head Ring. Why? Why didn't Raven call himself Death's Head? Yeah, or Death Shed. Man, I, don't know. I I think he should hold. Like, I think when he does kidnap Wendy and Marvin, he should hold them in the Death Shed. Yeah. So he he's like, hey, get this message to Superman. I'm gonna steal a building at five o'clock sharp. And instead of calling, which would be immediate, they decide. To fly to Washington, D.C. to warn them in person. (laughs) Why?
1: Yeah, I don't... um, Again, you know, this problem includes a lot of things. It includes a personal vendetta for Superman, as well as the first appearance of his only weakness. But he's taking it easy. Superman is not that concerned about this whole process.
0: I believe it was in the uh, the first episode where you pointed this out and I think it is still very much true here. They have endless time for bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah. They there's there's plenty of time for whatever idiocy wants to uh manifest. Yeah. Which luckily we only had one bout of dog charades in, in this episode.
0: But they were maybe the craziest dog charades. Yeah, the, the,
1: the, good point, good
0: point. Wendy and Marvin, once they've arrived in D.C., they're taking a taxi to the National Strategy Council. Their taxi gets a flat tire. Wonder Dog jumps out and chases a cat into the Washington Monument. They run all the way to the top, which, I, why is there no security here? It's, like you know. They just get in. They don't pay admission. They don't do anything. They just run up the building.
1: Because the cat, Michael, they're chasing a cat.
0: There, I think most buildings are like, we would normally check you out, but you're clearly chasing a cat. Yeah, Go right ahead.
1: We don't want to get in the, involved in
0: this. And as soon as they get there, Wonder Dog collapses, the cat escapes, and the Washington Monument flies into the air to Raven's Island in the Sky. Again, well, yeah, I forgot. In the list of craziness, there's an island in the sky. Which, th- so in a forty-five minute episode, they introduce that thirty-one minutes in.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, that's some storytelling right lead there. Lead
0: with a sky island. You don't also- you don't wait until the last third of the episode. To introduce the island in the sky.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's um egregious and offensive storytelling. I just also want to ask and I may need to rewatch this episode. How was the Washington monument going to get a hillbilly to give him kryptonite?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is <laughs> What, what? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> like, was he gonna s- trade him? He, well, I mean, that's what Superman comes up with. He's like, okay, I'll trade kryptonite for the Washington Monument, which is crazy, because kryptonite is lethal, and the Washington Monument is a is a is a building. Yeah, it it has no. ...value beyond its symbolic meaning. Yeah. And uh, when Superman decides to make this trade, he doesn't even know that Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog are in it. He's just like, "Uh uh-oh, they stole everyone's favorite national obelisk. We better make this trade. I think that if he had
1: known that Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog were in there, I'm not sure he would have proposed that.
0: He'd be like, oh, you know what, keep it. it. (laughs) He might have said, well... This is a good trade. I think it's for the best. If anything, I feel like I still owe you money. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um,
1: So, but he doesn't. He cares so much about the American way and our, you know, buildings that he, he gives his... So far, March Enemy, uh, the thing that can kill him, right?
0: Yeah. And while this is happening, and Wendy and Marvin are in the Sky Island, Raven seems so desperate for their validation. He keeps showing (laughs) them stuff and describing how it works in a way that like, a kid shows someone their toys and be like, hey, isn't this awesome? Well, it Michael, is, you know... It's a weird dynamic.
1: At the end of the day, scientists with all their science, really it's just about insecurity, you know?
0: It is about wanting teenagers to think you are cool.
1: Yeah. Um, they c- You can create sky islands and anti-photons, but honestly, if these teens aren't impressed, what's it all for?
0: Exactly.
1: What's it all for? So, yes, he is fervently... And also, he was the first one that I was like, oh, certainly he will kill them. And he didn't.
0: (laughs) He did not. If anything, I think... I think he would have jumped off of that island to his death if they had just said, no, it'd be really cool if you jumped off of this.
1: Yeah. No, he's incredibly insecure. And uh, also the... Batman's—I mean, uh, Superman's arch nemesis.
0: Yeah. How much you want to bet we will never see him again?
1: Yeah. No. This is this is the has to be the first and last appearance of Raven. Yeah. So, but they they figure out correct that the that the teens are there.
0: Yes, they do. And as part of this trade, Superman first stops by the Martingales and gets some mushroom spores. Then he proposes the trade. And agrees to bring the kryptonite himself. And he arrives. And he scatters the spores on the ground secretly. And Raven opens the kryptonite. Weakens Superman a little bit. And Raven announces that he is going to conduct a trial. Superman versus Raven. Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog are Superman's lawyers. Which, woof yikes. Doesn't bode well. A kangaroo court if I ever heard one. Right? And then, so, Raven is the prosecutor and the judge, and Raven Robots are the jury, and I think it's Marvin points out that the jury is not alive, to which Raven responds, that jury is a lot more alive than most juries. (laughs) What could that possibly mean? (laughs) I don't know if that was just...
1: A statement about our justice system or <laughs> if his if his robots are sentient or if he you know he created these you know if it's his passion about his own artificial intelligence but it was an insane interaction. <laughs>
0: it was nuts another
1: another insane interaction that I actually I rather enjoyed was when Superman arrives at his uh, island in the sky. And says, uh, looks like you've been sprucing up the place. And then, um, he goes, oh, it's just a couple of items I picked up. <laughs> that was a, uh, was a fun little bit that they did together.
0: Yeah. Do you think they practiced it?
1: Yeah. I thought it was nice that even though they are, um, arch nemeses, they can have a little fun there, do a little fun bit.
0: Well, it's one of those things when you... When you have a nemesis for a long time, you start to get to know each other, and it almost mimics a friendship. Yeah, because there's a there's a depend- codependency there in that yeah. in the hero villain relationship, and it's nice to see the lighter side of that.
1: Yeah, see the softer side of Sears. So they're they're having this trial that's not no trial at all, really,
0: and. Uh, Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog outright refuse to defend Superman.
1: Which give it a shot, maybe to to um, kill
0: time. Oh no, they don't know about the 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 plan, right? Yeah, no, they don't. They're just like, no, we don't need to defend Superman. Instead, they try to shame Raven for valuing science over people. Doesn't work. The extra alive jury still finds Superman guilty. <laughs> And I thought this was strange. Raven's like, all right, well, you can go. Bye. To Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog. Because I would have thought he'd kill them too. He, uh, yes. On the spot, really. Uh, yeah. But that didn't happen. And so he's going to try to put Superman in this prison. But instead, the island is falling because the gravity mushrooms have grown. And the Sky Island is sinking back to Earth. And is falling faster and faster, presumably enough to kill Raven. He can't stop it, so he agrees to get rid of the kryptonite, so Superman will save him. The kryptonite falls back onto the Martingale Land. Which it falls at such it falls, falls at such velocity that it
1: really should have killed those three men.:
0: It should have. It fell fast enough that I wonder if somehow kryptonite is self-propelling.
1: Yeah. It's magic, which, you know, they said that Kryptonite is Superman's only weakness, and that is not true. He's also weak against magic. And uh, in this series, he's been weakened against several yeah. things. He was blinded by anti-photons. Some kind of magnet uh, messed, messed with his brain chemistry. Yeah. Uh, he He is impervious to a number of things. He is... Pervious to a number of, of things that we've learned.
0: Look, we're, we're all pervious to some things, you know?
1: Yeah. So, uh, he essentially saves Raven from dying. And I, was it implied that he goes back to prison?
0: Yeah. he He says, isn't it convenient your prison is right here? Very convenient. But then Superman... It's carrying what is identified as the white dwarf piece, but it is green, so I thought it was the kryptonite at first. And then he throws it into the sun. That can't be a good thing to do, right? Throwing to a throw piece a sun, of a super dense star into another star.
1: To throw a sun into a sun. Yeah, I don't know.
0: That's gotta 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 be bad.
1: Yeah, I'm, I uh. I don't think it's probably. It was probably a good idea.
0: And so, after Superman potentially destroys the sun, we get like last time another almost like non-ending.
1: Yeah, this is one of the like in terms of musical endings. This one
0: is goes Because <clears throat> yeah, they recap what has happened, and then Wonder Dog just sort of collapses in exhaustion, and that's it. <laughs> No dumb joke, no no lesson. Just this happened, <sighs> and
1: he. Uh, I I should have taken better note. But Wendy says something, like they make a comment about how they're never a part of the action or something.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna see if I can. If I yeah, here. So let's let's play it. You you play the the last portion of this episode. All right. I have it muted, but the uh, close captioning is on, so we'll see. I'll, I'll, I will read what happens. Gee, we're sure lucky everything turned out so well. We're sure lucky that the Super Friends didn't punish us for taking things into our own hands. Well, that was quite a talking to, Batman gave us. Wonder Dog Grunts. Remember what, uh, the ride we had in that? Wow, do I? It, I like it better just the way it is now, the Washington Monument. I've had enough excitement for one day. Wonder Dog Grunts. And collapses to the ground. Presumably near death. <laughs> uh, so we miss Batman yelling at them. <laughs> which I think would have been a better ending. Just that, saying. <laughs> a, a livid Batman. That would, have been, them the right
1: that would have been the highlight of the episode.
0: <laughs> like, totally, completely different from the rest of the episode. Really really yelling at them with the anger of an actual non-cartoon person.
1: Just just furious.
0: <laughs>
1: we'll have to think about what might have been.
0: Yeah. If only.
1: All right. So, let's wrap this up. Michael, how would you've ended this in the first act?
0: In the first act, I would have hired a competent warden. Because Got it. again, he is guarding exactly one person in this entire prison. Higher competent warden. Done. How would you end it in a single act? All right. Well, he,
1: he, and I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure how this works. And But I know how we should have prevented it, which is once Raven was on trial, Superman as we've established, he loves to do, should have just decapitated Raven. Fair. We yeah. we know that one of Superman's favorite things to do is to decapitate people with his his uh heat vision,
0: with his laser yeah. vision. That is canon. So Cannon. if it's he had, every single issue has at least one instance of that.
1: Yeah. He he's he does it. And so I, I think that if he had killed him these many years ago uh, he, they would have saved them all a lot of a lot of trouble, clearly. A lot of grief. Honestly, I don't know what else could have happened besides that to prevent this insanity from happening. Yeah. So, Michael, what is your rating for the this episode?
0: So, there's a lot of weird, made-up science. They, they packed a lot into this episode, and uh, most of it is insane. But at the same time, I do like just a regular, you know, villain with a personal vendetta against a member of the Super Friends. In this case, Superman. I feel like it's they're really trying to push the storytelling in a new direction. But they also didn't let us see Batman yelling at, and I presume hitting a little mm-hmm. bit, Wendy and Marvin. Maybe Maybe hitting, like, you know... Disciplining them with his utility belt, I ima- I imagine.
1: Striking, yeah. I, this was the 70s. Yeah,
0: yeah. Corporal punishment was just par for the course. So, given that sort of balance, I'm going to say I give this 98 skull sunglasses out of 187.
1: Okay, all right. You know, I think my rating is going to be very similar. Uh, we had a fun transition uh, with, the, with the ring. Um, we had a fun interaction between Batman and his arch nemesis, Raven. There were there were certainly elements of it. Oh, one last thing I want to point out. Casey Kasem is acting up a storm oh, in yeah, this he episode.
0: Chewing up scenery tr- left and right. It's great.
1: When the trial is happening, it sounds like Casey Kasem is trying to win an Oscar. He is just screaming it up. And I've never heard that before. So, you know, the amount of effort that he put into trying to make Raven a uh, a serious character, bravo.
0: Yeah. Really discovered
1: a new gear. I have to give it, you know, despite the insanity, I have to give it kudos in some ways. So I have to give it 1.6 1.6 small abominable snowmen out of two.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um I you know, and I, I forgot I have to to, to mention this again in the rating. That that transition from Batman holding the ring to Superman holding the ring. It was genuinely pretty cool. Yeah. Twas
1: neat. So um that's it. Please share with us your ratings for this episode and why or why not you hated it. This the next episode coming up, it is the uh the mysterious
0: moles. What do you think this is about, Michael? I think I think Robin has a skin cancer scare. That's what I think. I think I think that's
1: probably um that's too on the nose. What I think is that there's a uh a, a mystery writer named um simon moles and uh there's a new new mystery novel and the whole episode they're just in line to get an autograph
0: it's the yeah it's the it's the hottest book in town
1: yeah they all want a piece of this mystery thank you so much for listening once again we are normal friends but we're not normal friends isn't that right michael
0: that is that is correct we are extra normal friends take it easy we are beyond normal farewell listeners Farewell.